Hello, welcome to Flour Butter X Sugar. My name's Kate. I'm the host of this podcast, which is all about home baking. Um, and this week I'm going to be talking a bit about summer baking and what I've been up to and some nice ideas for things that can keep you busy in the kitchen this summer. Um, and I'm also just going to give you a bit of a life update as well. So looking forward to getting started. Let's go. Okay, so I just wanted to start by giving you a bit of a life update. I've just listened to the intro, I'm not quite sure what the sound is doing, so apologies if the sound's a bit funny, but I'll try and sort that out. Um, so I, I started a new job, and that's been quite a lot to get my head around, and a lot of change, which as somebody who sometimes has some mental health difficulties, that can be a bit tricky. Um, so that's not always been easy, but I've started a new job. Um, I've been finding it really hard to ask people to be interviewed for this podcast. So I've only really asked one person so far, uh, other than the people that I've had on previously, and my mum, who who is too shy, bless her. Um, and they've not got back to me, but um, I just, I'm just finding it really tricky. I feel like I get, I'm quite, uh, I can be quite a sensitive little lamb and I find it really difficult to put myself out there um so I don't know if you've got any advice or you've got any suggestions for guests let me know what I'm what I'm worried about is people being like oh you're not important enough like you're not good enough for me to appear on this podcast and I can't really offer them anything other than thank you very much uh to appear so it's like I don't know I just I'm just I've been feeling a bit funny in, in, in my head about it so oh yeah so if you want to encourage me do that if you're happy but if you're happy with just me talking as a format let me know that as well um but yeah I kind of I guess I'm kind of seeking collaborators but I'm also too I'm feeling I'm feeling feeling a bit insecure and shy recently so doing that well feeling like that is a bit tricky um what else is happening so we've got unusual pets in this household um we've currently got four pet rats and which are called Bimini, Shay, uh Heidi and Chi Chi and they're really really sweet and I'm really excited because in a couple of weeks maybe sooner we're going to be going to be getting some pet snails <laughs> and I'm so excited because I I don't know I just find looking at snails really relaxing and um I, I just I'm excited to just see them going around their little snaily lives really so we're getting a couple of giant African land snails from a responsible snail keeper snail breeder uh and I'm just excited about getting them and they're going to be called Henrietta and May probably but we have we're not 100% sure yet so that's something that's really, really nice that's happening. Um, and baking is one of my hobbies. This podcast is another one. And 
making earrings is another one and my other hobby in addition to all of that is running so I do like kind of long distance running um I'm very very slow but that doesn't matter because it's good for me and it and it's good for my mental health and my physical health that's all really that matters um and I'm training at the moment for a 10 kilometer run which is towards the end of July I think it's the 25th of July and I just wanted to just give that a quick plug because I'm raising money for medical aid for Palestinians and I don't know what your like view is on um the issue of Palestinian nationhood or you know the possible solutions to the Israel-Palestine conflict but you don't need to have a particular view to see that it's a humanitarian emergency and to feel for the people who have lost everything already and then are losing everything again or did lose everything again and medical aid for palestinians have had like um some of their facilities destroyed and bombed so i just think it's a really important cause and i would i'm kind of using my running as an excuse to raise money for for it so if you would like to donate that would be amazing it's um it's a just giving site i think it's justgiving.com forward slash kate liz harris um liz is in short for elizabeth because that's my middle name so it's just justgiving.com forward slash kate liz harris if you would like to donate to that so that's just a little update on what I've been up to and some of my uh, struggles as well as triumphs. And next, I'm going to be talking a bit about what I've been baking and some kind of seasonal bakes. Um, actually, before I do that, I want to just talk to you about my favourite ice lollies. <laughs> Tis the season. So let's talk about favourite ice lollies next. So a while ago, I put on Facebook about what are people's favourite ice lollies, uh, UK-based people, and got lots and lots of feedback. But the three that came out on top, and two of them were already my favourites, so I felt very validated by the whole experience. <laughs> but um, the three that came out on top were Magnum Almonds, which is was already one of my favourites, and the reason why it's so good is that it's basically, it's vanilla ice cream. It's quite creamy vanilla ice cream. It's one of the kind of higher end ice lollies, I guess, here. And then it's got milk chocolate around it with like roasted almonds in the milk chocolate. So it's kind of got crunchy vibes. And then it's got a nice crack from the chocolate as well. And then it's got the soft ice cream. So it's quite texturally complex but it's also really like creamy and nutty and soft. And it's just a really, is really quite a well-balanced ice cream. <laughs> um, so I'm going to be buying more of those soon. We've already demolished like three boxes so far this summer. So I'm going to be in, in buying more. I should take shares out in Magnum. Um, my, the other ones that came out on top. So what the other, the, there was a second Magnum lolly. And this was one I hadn't tried before and I was I love it I'm obsessed with it now so a few people recommended to me the magnum chocolate and mint which is a dark chocolate 
with like little bits of a minty kind of crunchy thing um I guess it's a sort of like a mint nougat kind of thing I don't really know how to describe it but it's got this so again it's got soft ice cream in the middle just vanilla ice cream then it's got a dark chocolate casing with a nice snap and then it's got these little crunchy mint bits which are which are on the chocolate which are also really strong I was surprised at how powerfully minty they are so it's sort of like eating one of those after dinner mints but in ice cream form but actually just a lot more delicious like really refreshing but also creamy um, and then also had this sort of richness of the dark chocolate so it was really well a really well balanced ice cream and I'm now obsessed with this so this is now in my top three whereas before I had never heard of it so that's awesome I highly recommend it and then the third is good old twisters so I know that you don't that you don't have these in the US I'm really sorry but I'm going to explain it to you why it's so good and you might have something similar in which case do let me know um so it's a raspberry ice cream center or sort of raspberry I don't know if it's an ice cream or a sorbet but it's got this raspberry creamy center I think it's an ice cream um, and then it's got a really refreshing lime and pineapple swirl thing around that, which is really sort of sweet but sharp at the same time. And the whole thing is sort of like creamy and refreshing, sweet and sharp. And it's just, it's, it's just utterly amazing. Um, it's the platonic ideal of of ice lollies in my opinion particularly if you need if you're wanting something that kind of refreshing so it's just that like perfect little mid-afternoon snack and I love it now I have been buying these but I seem to only be able to find boxes of mini twisters in the supermarket and they seem to want to play around with the format which is making me quite cross because the original format is perfect. It doesn't need any alteration. And the they've got a different variety in the mini pack, which is instead of having the raspberry as the main flavor in the middle, it has, I think, lime on the outside and then raspberry on the, lime on the inside and raspberry on the outside or something like that. They've kind of changed the order of it basically. Uh, in the format of the ice cream but it's just don't get me wrong they're still nice I still eat them but those are the ones that I leave till the last because I don't like them as much as the original flavor so walls why have you done this I don't understand I can't get behind this behavior it's very distressing to me that you're messing around with a perfect thing um but the original twisters are just wonderful and I just can't wait to eat more of them this summer. So I'm really curious to know, like, what are your favourite ice creams? Like shop-bought um, ice, ice lollies, as we call them here, or ice, ice creams. Um, and why? I'm really, really curious to know. Like, I, when, I was in the, when I visited the US, I've had some really, really good, like, ice cream sandwiches, which you don't really get that much of here, um, which I just love. Um, so let me know what your favourites are. If you've got anything that's kind of similar, 
that I could try maybe when I'm if I visit North America again at some point um and yeah I, I, I want to know so do send any feedback and I'll read it out on a future episode so it's uh flour butter eggs sugar all one word at gmail.com or just reach out to me on social media uh it's flour butter eggs sugar um the same way that it's kind of spelt in the title I guess both on Facebook and Instagram so you can DM me or you can just pop me an email or I think you can also um, leave me a message on Anchor so I'll let you know how to do that at the end of the episode because I've forgotten and so that was all about uh, ice lollies so next we're going to be talking about some things that we might actually make in the kitchen and some nice things for summer so I've been up to quite a lot in the kitchen recently. I've been wanting to do some more cooking outside because of the weather being so nice at the moment in Britain. And I've been using um, this fabulous book by Genevieve Taylor called Chard, which is glorious. The recipes in it are like quite unusual, but absolutely stunning. It's a like vegan and vegetarian um, barbecue book. And it's just so good. And so a lot of the recipes you can cook inside on a griddle should, you know, the weather turn or you it not be the right season or whatever. Um, so love it, loving that book. And I've also got the green barbecue book, which I'm um, sort of working through my way through at the moment. Um, the other thing that I made, uh, which I hadn't made before, was a baked feta pasta. So this is something that, kind of like took off on TikTok about six months ago. And as usual, I'm six months late. But basically you roast some tomatoes with some, maybe with some garlic or whatever you want. So um, yeah, and then you, and you put, I also put some peppers in there and some different spices and stuff. I think I used chili flakes and uh, Aleppo pepper as well as garlic, obviously. And I used some red peppers just to add more veg. And then you plop like a block of feta in the middle and you just roast that for maybe half an hour, something like that. And the idea is that you kind of create an instant sauce for the pasta. So you, and I think the reason why it took off on TikTok is because obviously TikTok is like short videos and when you get the the feta, the feta out of the oven, it looks like a block. But if you just put the small small amount of pressure on it, it immediately melts. And then it create with the tomato juice from the tomatoes, it creates like this sort of nice sauce for your pasta. Um, yeah, so I made a sort of variation of that in my own way. I added some leaves at the end as well um, because because you know extra veg and it's just a bit of extra kind of interesting it's just another sort of texture as well um and I also added lemon juice at the end because I basically add this like some sort of acid at the end of most meals that I cook now uh because it just kind of like brightens them and livens them up and kind of balances them so I yeah if you don't already do that I highly recommend it. I basically squeeze lemon juice on like half our meals. Um, Just good for us as well. But, you know, sometimes I'll vary it and use like lime or I'll use maybe I'll put like I'll make a dressing that's maybe got some sort of 
red wine vinegar in it, for example. So it's not always lemon juice, but lemon juice is present literally like 50% of the time. Um, so I've been cooking that. Um, I made a, in terms of baking, which is what this podcast is primarily about, I made a focaccia, which was from Richard Bertinet, Bertinet's book, Dough. Uh, if you remember last week, I got it as a present, that book. Um, yeah, it was a good focaccia. Uh, I felt like it needed even more oil. I've got to be honest with you. So I might add a bit more oil next time. And I might try, it It was really nice, but when I've made sourdough focaccia, that was even better. But it's just, I haven't really had the self-discipline to make sourdough in a long time now. So I might try and get back into it because the, the things that were best about sourdough, in addition to the loaves, which are sort of like, they just keep really well and stuff, sourdough pizza and sourdough focaccia are like two of the best things that I made that was that were made of sourdough so and I for those I used James Morton's book um super sourdough uh yeah so it was really really good but I think I felt like it needed more oil and I felt like I think yeah I, I just slightly preferred the sourdough version of the of focaccia but I'm definitely going to carry on using Richard Bertinet's books it's incredibly helpful um, I tried to make a cherry tiramisu. Well, I didn't try to make it. I did make it. But I wasn't that happy with it. Now, the reason why I wasn't very happy with it, because I, I felt like I shouldn't have added cherries to it. I love cherries. I love tiramisu. But I don't like trifle. And basically, adding these cherries to it basically turned it into a sort of trifle, which my partner liked because she likes trifle. But me and our guest didn't really like it that much. Um, and we sort of were picking at the cherries a bit. Love cherries, love love tiramisu, but I don't think I'll be putting fruit in tiramisu again. I don't think it really worked. Um, but it's sort of, you know, it's obviously a personal taste thing. But I also want to kind of hone my tiramisu recipe a bit. Um, so I'm hopefully going to cook it again soon. Well, not cook it, make it again soon at some point. Um, I made ricotta pancakes, which I were from a recipe from Rukmini Ayer from one of the roasting tin books, which were really nice, not too sweet actually. And I also like roasted some grapefruit with some sugar and put those on top, which was really good. Um, and it just was a nice way of using up some spare group, gra grapefruit that I had and getting some extra fruit into our diet. Um, so that was really good. Um, I've been making lots of frozen bananas that are coated in chocolate. Um, I'm sure I've mentioned this tip before, but this is something I picked up from the baking podcast Preheated, which uh, has, which is sadly, sadly missed, but is fantastic. You can always listen back to them. Um, and yeah, so all you do, I'm sure, I should think they got the tip from somewhere else as well, but all, all you do, it's really simple, is you peel and cut bananas in half. Then you skewer them, freeze them. Once they're frozen, then you'll melt some chocolate. You spoon over or dip or whatever, or roll the bananas in the chocolate. And then you roll them in whatever you want after that as well. So they stick, so that sticks to the chocolate. So I prefer to roll them in roasted chopped nuts. Um, and my favorite is actually salted peanuts 
but my partner's favourite is pecans. So I'm going to be making pecan one soon. But yeah, they're just so good. That is like having a homemade ice lolly, but it's incredibly easy. And you, sure, there's loads of chocolate on it or whatever. That's not great. But it is good to have more fruit and veg in your diets, even if it, uh, yeah, and we could just sort of, we're just, you know, okay, so some chocolate's good in moderation. Fruit and veg is good. So maybe a banana is preferable to more, yet yeah, more ice cream. I don't know. But anyway, it's certainly not health food, but it's very easy to make. And I like the fact that it has a, you know, frozen banana in it. I think it's really good to make with kids as well. So love making those. And you, I prefer to use milk chocolate, I guess. Um, but I use quite high cocoa content milk chocolate. Um, but I think obviously if you're vegan, you can make it with dark chocolate or with, a, or with whatever your favorite vegan chocolate is. So yeah, it's a really good one for that as well. Um, I made the Earl Grey cake from episode 23 yet again, because I'm completely and fully obsessed with it. But instead of putting it in my usual loaf pan, I tried putting it in a round tin and making a sort of round cake out of it. And I did like an eight inch, 20 centimeter deep cake tin. Kind of worked bit darker on the sides and bottom but I think that's because my the cut partly because the color of my cake pan is quite dark um and that makes you know that retains heat more than a light colored pan um but it was still delicious I still loved it and I also made a an earl grey cream by heating up some cream with some earl grey tea leaves in it letting that get bringing that to steaming and then just letting it sit there for half an hour and then straining it and then putting it in when the fridge when cool maybe with a bit of cling film on the top to try and stop it from forming a skin like it has to be directly in contact with the cream and then once that had cooled down fully you know to fridge cold I could I then whipped that and so I served this earl grey cake with this earl grey cream and it was absolutely delicious. So I'm definitely going to be making that Earl Grey cream again. I might see if I want to buy a new cake tin. Don't tell my partner. We've got too many cake tins already. But I might see if I want to buy a, a different colour cake tin. Because I feel like it's a problem that I have quite a lot. But also I could just maybe turn the temperature of the oven down by 5 or 10 degrees C. You know? if I try that again but yeah Earl Grey cream definitely going to be making again it's phenomenal um, and think of all the things you can in infuse into cream and then whip like I've made whipped ganache before which is great with chocolate but all of the different like things that you could infuse into cream the kind of the world's your oyster really so I'm definitely going to be trying other iterations of that um, I've been making a lot of cold brew coffee and I just wanted to share that with you because it's so easy. Um, I'm a little bit of a wimp as well about bitter coffee. I'm not that into a really bitter taste. So I tend to like things that are medium roast, um, which I know is very hipsterish of me, but I don't really care um, because it's what I like. And 
I really like cold brew because a lot of that bitterness is isn't there. Um, the sort of very hot water kind of brings that out of the beans, whereas you don't. It's much more mellow the cold brew, but it's still really quite caffeinated, so you still get your hit of caffeine if that's what you need. All I do is I get a bottle, and I I just need it. All you need is a funnel and some coffee filters. Um. And I use ones that are designed for like a large V60 coffee dripper. Um, but you just need a funnel. And so you, so you funnel some coffee, ground coffee into a bottle. Fill the bottle maybe fifth or quarter full. You need quite a lot of ground coffee. Um, and then you put cold water in it. Give it a shake. Put it in the fridge. Leave it overnight. And then strain it the next day through the filter. And that's it, you've got cold You've got cold brew. And that lasts me about five days, a bottle of it. I do, I think, a litre bottle of it. And then I have it, if I'm feeling fancy, I'll put ice cubes in it um, for my morning coffee. And I will then put in some oat milk, but obviously you could use dairy milk or whatever you want to use. And then I've got myself like, cold brew oat milk lattes and I'm fully aware of how I sound and I fully do not care because they're delicious and I love them so I just wanted to share that tip with you if you've not made your own cold brew it's there's really nothing to it it's easier than making normal coffee if anything um yeah so those are those are some of the things I've been making obviously I've been quite busy haven't I in the kitchen there's so many dinners I could tell you about as well but um I won't bore you with those. Um, and then the, the sort of recipe that I wanted to feature really was the cherry ricotta cake from um, Ravneet Gill. So that's what I'm going to talk about next. So I have featured cherries quite a lot before, actually, but you could make this with other berries. Um, and Ravneet Gill does suggest that other people have tried this with different fruits. And basically, as long as you toss the fruit in plain flour before you add it to the top of the cake, um, it should it should be okay. Um, you should hopefully wouldn't it's you basically hope hopefully wouldn't be adding too much moisture or making it sink. Um, but yeah, this is for a sort of cherry and ricotta cake. I have also been using strawberries um, in my baking, so I actually forgot to mention that I did serve the Earl Grey cake with strawberries. I really liked the Earl Grey and strawberry combination, but my partner was like, not sure it went, but I really liked it. Um, but I've also just been eating strawberries like out just, just on their own. Um, not coated in anything, not macerated in anything, literally just straight out the packet into my mouth. Um, because they're so good at this year for some reason, like been finding loads of good British strawberries so if you live here I really strongly recommend finding some some nice strawberries and what you want to look for is you don't want to look for the biggest juiciest ones because those are the ones that go off the most quickly and they're the most watery and they're the most bruised you actually want you don't want hard ones obviously but maybe slightly firmer uh smaller ones they keep better they're sweeter and they don't go up, you know, they don't kind of go as squishy and mushy. 
Um, so that's what I always look out for. I try and buy smaller ones if I can. So you could do this with strawberries as well. You could do this with raspberries. You could do it with like whatever takes your fancy. I did stick to what she said and use cherries. And I've been seeing as well lots of really nice cherries this year. They're not grown in Britain though usually. They're normally from the continent, um, from your, Southern Europe, like Spain and Portugal. But they're really good. Um, so the ingredients for this, and this is, by the way, from Ravni Gill and her Instagram. She posted on her Instagram. And I've mentioned her a lot before. She's fabulous. She's a trained pastry chef. She's one of the judges on Junior Bake Off. She has got a book called The Pastry Chef's Guide, which I've got, which I've mentioned before as well. So Ravneet Girl is great. Stan, love her. And I did really like this recipe. That's why I've chosen to share it with you. So let's have a look at the ingredients. So it's 140 grams of butter, 220 grams of caster sugar, and three eggs. Now I used UK large, but she doesn't actually specify. So you might be able to just use US large here, which would be a sort of UK medium. Um, then you want as well 165 grams of plain flour, she also says that if you wanted to, you could swap out 50 grams of that for ground nuts, if you if you like it, if you'd like to. Ground almonds, for example, would be good here. Um, you want two and a half teaspoons of baking powder, 250 grams of ricotta cheese, and this is a, a very light, uh, milky kind of cheese, if you've not come across it before, but I think it's it's available in lots of places, isn't it? I'd imagine you can get it in the US because of, you know, large Italian populations and stuff. Um, then she says a splash of amaretto, but you can basically use whatever alcohol you've got that you think would go. I used sweet sherry because that's what I had. Um, you also want the zest of one orange. And then you want about 300 grams of cherries. And that's their weight whole before they've been pitted and the stems have been picked. And you want about half a tablespoon of plain flour, uh, and you're going to sort of toss the cherries in that table in that to sort of um, stop them from sinking too much. So those are our ingredients. Um, you want to preheat your oven. Now she suggests 180 degrees C or 160 degrees C fan, which is gas four or 350 Fahrenheit. So it's that kind of standard cake temperature, basically. I would say, because I had a dark pan, mine got a bit too brown. So I think if you, like me, have got a, a very dark coloured pan, you might want to turn it down. You might want a little bit lower. Um, so maybe even 325 Fahrenheit, 170C, something like that. Or maybe kind of in between those two. Um but yeah, if you've got a light coloured pan, I think it's fine, probably. And what you do is once you've preheated your oven, you need to grease and line a an eight inch uh, cake tin, a deep one. I used a spring form and I just, I only line the base, but I grease the sides as well as the base. And it's a really standard cake method. So it's the creaming method. So you want to have soft butter that you whip with your sugar 
until it's much lighter and creamier. Um, then you would, would add the eggs one by one, beat them in well, so you're creating an emulsion. Then you add your dry ingredients, so your flour, your baking powder, maybe a pinch of salt. Um, and you just kind of make sure that that's all combined. Then you would add the amaretto, the ricotta, the zest. And just, again, just make sure that that's combined. Don't overbeat it because you don't want a chewy cake. You don't want to form too many gluten strands or too, or too long gluten strands. Um, and then you add the cherries on top. So obviously, because you've got to pit them, they're sort of halved, right? Um, mine were anyway. And so once I'd pitted them and take removed the stalks and they were halved, I tossed them in the flour and then you literally just dump them on the cake as sort of evenly as you can, but you don't, it actually looks quite nice for them all to be a bit jumbled. It looks quite pretty. So um, that's that. And then it takes quite a long time to bake it. So the baking time is about an hour and 10 minutes. It's just such a massive cake that it takes quite a while to for the to sort of cook the center of it um she also says that you can sprinkle with demerara um towards the end of the baking time sort of after half after halfway i must admit i forgot to do that um but yeah I, and that's it you can obviously do you obviously do the skewer test um to make sure that it's baked in the center um but it's a really like simple straightforward cake it's very moist, keeps well for a few days, and it's a great way of using fruit. Um, and what I'm going to be serving this with is I'm going to be serving it with um, some cream with orange zest and a bit of icing sugar, just literally a tablespoon or two, not too sweet. And I'm going to just whip that up. So I've got like a nice double, whipped double cream also heavy cream as you say in the US um but flavored with orange zest because the cake is flavored with orange zest basically um you could whack in vanilla you know whatever you whatever you fancy really um so that's what I'm going to be serving it with but yeah it's just a really really nice reliable cake recipe and I just love Ravneet Gill so I wanted to share it with you um so yeah if you try that let me know Again, pop me an email, leave me a voicemail, uh, get in touch on social media, because I would love to see, love to find out if any of you attempted this for yourselves. And I will put the link to the original recipe on the website. So that was the cherry and ricotta cake. Um, yeah, really nice cake. Doesn't really taste of ricotta, by the way, but the ricotta just kind of helps it stay moist and light. So really, really delicious. So that's kind of it for this episode. And thank you so much for listening. It's been lovely, lovely, lovely talking to you as usual. Just to give you the uh, information of where to find recipes and stuff like that. So the website is flourbuttereggsugar.com. Flourbuttereggsugar.com. If you would like to leave me a voicemail message, it's anchor.fm forward slash flour butter which is all one word forward slash message and that's how you can leave me a voicemail 
So it'd be very exciting if any of you choose to do that. And um, again, it's been absolutely lovely talking to you. I really want to continue with this kind of like summer fruit kind of theme. Maybe next week we'll, or next episode in two weeks, maybe we could think about some tropical fruits perhaps um, because I've talked quite a lot about berries. So I was thinking maybe things like mango, passion fruit, um, pineapple. Oh, I love pineapple. Um, I love all of those really. Perhaps maybe some others. Maybe I could go outside my comfort zone and try and source some guava um, or whatever. So I will hopefully uh, see, talk to you again in two weeks time so the next episode should be out on the 27th um so thank you for your patience as this sort of podcast sort of evolves you know around my kind of changing lifestyle and and stuff um and I'll, I'll keep you updated about guests and stuff like that as well and I'm sorry that I'm I don't know just feeling a bit funny about things recently and not not had the best m- mental health so um but yeah it's been lovely talking to you hope everything is okay where you are take care and happy baking bye